Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 819. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at Rabbi Ismach at Take10FortorahOrg. Today's 10 is sponsored by the Lewis family in memory of Fred Lewis, Fabi Yitzchak, Ben Aftali, David, Zachon Alevracha. May the Torah we learn be an aliyah for his neshama. As always, please rate, review, and if you can, share with a friend. In Parshas Vayigash, Yaakov and his very new family, the family of just his children and his grandchildren, going down to Egypt. And the Torah makes a very big deal about the fact that there are 70 of them. It says it multiple times. It says, All of the people who came out of the, the loins of Yaakov, all of his children and grandchildren, Milvad Neshebeni Yaakov, Aside from the wives, meaning specifically his children and grandchildren, called Nefesh Shishim Vashesh. All of them altogether were 66. And then there were the children of Yosef that he had, Nefesh Shnaim, there were two, called Nefesh Levesh Yaakov Abomitzrayim Shivim. And altogether there were 70. Okay, so there were 66 plus Yosef and his children equaled 70. And this number 70 is referred to again and again. And as the Gemara in Bava Basra points out, the numbers aren't quite accurate. The Gemara says, Uvichlalan, when you add them all up, it says that there are 70, Uvifratan, but when you actually itemize them and figure out who had what and how many there were to each wife, it actually ends up being only 69. Leah had 33 children, offspring, Zopa had 16, Bila had 7, Rachel had 14 altogether, and that adds up to 69 people. So 69, as the Gemara points out, is not 70, and the Torah refers to it as 70 again and again. It's not only here that it's referred to as 70, but we find it again at the beginning of Sefer Shemos, in the beginning of Parsha Shemos, when it gives us the setting before the actual subjugation under Egypt. It says, Vayikol Nefesh Yotzei Yerach Yaakov Shivim Nefesh, Again, 70 people, but Yosef Hayyib Mitzrayim, and Yosef was in Egypt, by Yamas Yosef, etc., etc., and then the Jewish people from that point on, Paru Vayishutsu Vayirbu Vayatsma Bamaod Maod. And so then we see that the Jews are expanding and exploding in population. Finally, in Sefer Devarim, it says more than once, it refers to Bishivim Nefesh Yardu Avasech Mitzrayma, Viata, and now, Samcha Hashem Lukacha Chachochme Hashemayim Larov. There are tons of Jews out there that are like the stars of the skies. And so again, the number 70 refers to this embryonic stage of the Jewish people and then the explosion in population. We refer to this puzzle as well, of course, at the Seder. We talk about Bimseimaat, right, referring to what we learn from uh, from the Arami Ovid Avi paragraph that one says when they bring their Bikurim. And so there it says, Bimseimaat, uh, and they came in small numbers. And again, the Pasuk that's brought in the Haggadah there refers to them as coming with 70 people. So what is it, 70 or 69, which one is it? So some understand that, of course, 69 is really just rounded to 70, and it's really 69, but it was just rounded to 70. Okay, so that's one interpretation of what this is all about. Now, in general, I think there's a really powerful question here before we get to other interpretations, and that is, why does the number matter, right? There's a whole um, controversy about counting Jews, and this comes up again and again throughout the Torah when, when Jews are counted. It comes up in the Nevi'im when there are stories where Jews are counted. It usually doesn't necessarily 
create good results. And there are a lot of different explanations why that is. Some understand that the reason is because whenever you count this large unit, you're itemizing and you're separating. And when you have a, a robin, when you have a group all together, then you're really ignoring the group by focusing on the individual and you're taking them apart from that larger group, from that larger mass. And that's inappropriate and you shouldn't do it. And that's the controversy in counting. Whenever we count, we naturally are taking individuals away from the group. Okay, fine. So then why would the Torah do it here, right? And here, it's not that a human being goes and counts them. The Torah, the narrative of the Torah, really does it for us. Nobody asked to do this. No one decided to do this. It's the narrative itself that counts them. It seems that one could suggest that there's a big difference when we talk about counting this big, large group, as opposed to counting sort of the startup nation, right? We know that the idea of startup nation, as Israel is referred to nowadays, but here we are, uh, the 70 souls that are walking down into Egypt are the startup nation. These are the 70 people that are going to create the Kahal Goyim, they're going to create the congregation of nations that we all know and understand the Jewish people to be today. This is where it comes from. This is the startup of that great endeavor. And so as we know, with really all startups, um, those who are in at the beginning, those uh, first personalities, have a real imprint on what that nation is ultimately going to be. And so it seems that there's an emphasis on the individuals as being part of this group, but this group in this early embryonic stage is really just a group of individuals. That's what it means to be there uh, at the very beginning. It's kind of like becoming an employee of, of some tremendous corporation, of a, of a Google now, as opposed to being one of the first 70 people in the company. For Forget about your stock portfolio uh, and what it would mean to you at that point. But when we talk about what your value is in the beginning, as opposed to what your value is at the end, these are very significant pieces, and every small piece of the puzzle is important and is significant. There's a similar pasuk in uh, Kohelas that teaches the same idea. It talks about certain, certain things that are crooked and can't be fixed and things that are missing that can't be counted. What does it mean that you're missing and can't be counted? Of course, if you're missing, you can't be counted. And so they explain that what it means is that occasionally, you know, you can have times where eventually you are counted. Like, I joined in later, but if I was not there at the beginning, so I missed out. I missed out on having my imprimatur on the endeavor, on the project. It's not the same when I'm the bandwagon fan as I'm the person who comes in at the beginning. You know, the idea of nefesh, as it's brought up, um, interestingly, is specific to this scenario. When Esav's children are referred to in their sheish nefashos, it refers to them as nefashos in the plural. Here it refers to them as nefesh. And so the Kliyakar explains the difference because the Jews, or at least are meant to all be as one nefesh. We're all supposed to be together and we're supposed to be ba'achtos and find a, a sense of unity. And that unity is expressed in the word nefesh being used. That's the goal of the Jewish people, that while there be 70 unique and individual people who are critically important to the formation of this nation, but each one of them are combining to be nefesh. That's the goal. Of course, the number 70 is significant. 70 we find, again, in the Sanhedrin later on in history, that there are going to be 70 elders, where from them uh, the influence comes down on the people and against. Again, we have this reference, this idea to the early 70, the early 70 people where the nation comes from. And then throughout the generations, we have the 70 people who from them 
emanate Torah as we know it. And then finally, the other famous and well-known reference to 70 is the idea of the Shivim Umos. There are 70 nations. Uh, so it's suggested, you know, that each one, each one person corresponded to a different nation. The Abarbanel suggests that. But there might be another idea where if we're to be the Arla Goyim, we're to be the light of the nations, the light unto the nations. I think what that might require is that we can relate to any and every one of those nations that are out there. And so that number 70 at our root, we have an element of all of those nations in us that we can address, that we can speak to their needs and what they are all about. And that's how we are a light unto that and all particular nations. So, and so what 70 versus 69, that's a question that uh, I brought up a few minutes ago. But, you know, one explanation is that 69 is really rounded to 70. Another explanation that Rashi gives us, the famous one offered in the Gemaran, that you have uh, Yocheved, who was not born until she comes into the gates, and then she's born when she comes into the gates in the Tzrayim. So she is the 70th soul. Uh, the Ibn Ezra doesn't like that because that would make Yocheved way too old when she has Moshe. And that would be so miraculous, it would be a bigger deal than Sarah. Finally, we have the Medrash that tells us the 70th soul was God. As much as Yaakov was afraid of going down to Gullus, we have throughout history, not only then, but now as well, Hashem says that wherever you go, I will come with you. Even when we're in Gullus, the lesson was learned then that even though we had 69 people, the 70th person, so to speak, was the Shekhinah. We always had the company. We always had that rounded number. Thanks again, everybody, for listening, and have a great day.